to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Bane the Ring. I'm Dan Spashano, joined, as always, by the player himself, Benny Scala. Benny, they are, as the TVs will tell us repeatedly for the next two months, we are on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, it's one of those seasons again. We've been doing it for years. We've always used WrestleMania as kind of the indicator of our seasons. So we're getting ready for another season of Dan and Benny. But uh, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good. And we're actually at episode number 162. So we've done we've played the equivalent of a full Major League Baseball season. And I just think if we could do this 15.24 more times, we would be Cal Ripken. (laughs) Consecutive. Right. Oh, that's funny. The Iron Man. I was at that game when I was a teenager. So good stuff. Wow. Yeah. His 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 21, 31 game in Camden Yards. The one when he broke the record or. Yeah. I lived in oh, wow. I lived in Maryland at the time. They had the big the, the four numbers because when they built Camden Yards, they they used the BNO warehouse as kind of a, a wall, you know, between the the stadium and the warehouses, Utah Street, not not the state okay. spelled with an E, Utah. Um, but they they had the big banners and they pulled the zero down in twenty one thirty one. It was a big spectacle. President Clinton was there. It was it was a really cool night. I remember. Yeah, I do remember Clinton was there. Yes, I mean there's a record that'll never be broken ever. Oh no, ever, never, and 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 then he played how many more games, and then, you know, well he, he brought, yeah, he was at twenty six, what twenty six twenty, like another five hundred games almost. Yeah, and, like and another three would, seasons. He would have kept going, but he he said that he requested to be benched because he said that he felt the streak because the Orioles had fallen off at that point, and he felt the streak was detracting from other other things the team needed to focus on. Yeah, so I mean he he could have done it. Every day in game until because he he didn't he didn't miss from what I understand he didn't miss or if, if I remember correctly he didn't miss another game and, until he retired so yeah he could have had and then of course he was you know all star uh, hit MVP of the All Star game that last year so what a great ball player and one of my favorites you know even even though I'm a Yankees fan you you can't not like Cal Ripken and respect right. him no you're absolutely right and I remember they had these um. Little, I've still got them and and on the shelf in my man cave in here. But they were these little cardboard stand ups, kind of you punch them out, kind of like um, uh, you know they got the little base at the bottom. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of what they would look almost like a, the cardboard cutout, the fat heads they have now, you know. Okay. Like they were, little, they were yeah, little yeah. cardboard, yeah, they were little cardboard cutout stands, and it was uh, Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, Cal Ripken Jr. And Boog Pow were the four in the first envelope because they were the four Orioles that had won the MVP. And then they had like, you know, Jim Palmer and guys like that and the other. But yeah, so to think that he's if you were to do we always talk about Mount Rushmore's on the show. If you were to do a a four, four Orioles, he'd be one of them without question. Uh, Yeah, you got to have Cal, Brooks, Frank, and I would say Jim Palmer. But like, geez, I mean, you're going to leave somebody off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I 
I would personally, and this is just me being a Orioles fan my whole life, I would have put Jim Palmer, even though, I mean, how can you not love Boo Howes, one of only four Orioles to ever win MVP? But, yeah, I, I think Jim, you know, Jim Palmer would, would probably put him up there. That's just me, that's just my bias speaking as a fan. And I've always, you know, I've always had a sweet spot for pitchers, so. But. Absolutely. You know, we, we got uh, some feedback last year, Benny, and we talked about it. Uh, you know, there was some, obviously, uh, as we, we expand and we keep doing the show, there were some people that just wanted, every once in a while, you know, an episode with just the two of us talking about what what <coughs> whatever we wanted to do and what we were going to talk about. And we, we, we realized uh, one of the things that we pitched was some of the big shows, you know, we would periodically do a, a review or a prediction show or whatever. Right. Well, we kind of got excited because um, the news broke last week as we're recording this. It would have been last week that uh, TKO produ- released an official statement that Vince McMahon is no longer chair of the board of TKO. And before he officially left the company – he had already stepped away. Uh, everybody from Triple H to some of the board members had said that Vince was he was a he was king of England kind of thing. He was a figurehead with no real power, did no control over the creative process. He wasn't even backstage at events anymore. Um, but we said, you know, there's a noticeable change in the quality of the product, some of the atmosphere. Um, we're as we're going to get to it, uh, watching like Raw and SmackDown these last couple weeks with Kevin Dunn being gone. You can tell it's someone else directing and producing the TV show, and I think it looks significantly better. It's got that more modern ESPN sports look and less of the hokey sports entertainment stuff that he was doing. So we had yeah. talked about, you know, since we're kind of getting back into accepting some of the, the modern product again, this weekend was my personal favorite of all the big events they've had. I've been a fan for many, many, many years going back to the 80s, the Royal Rumble. And that's, you know, such a unique event. So we were going to do, you and me, we were going to kind of talk about it, the Royal Rumble. But before we get to talking about the Rumble and, and the, the, the events that, that followed, um, I mentioned that Vince McMahon is gone um, from TKO completely. He did not leave amicably. He uh, It's not to say he was fired. He did legally resign. But he did so after the Wall Street Journal broke uh, the story a 67-page legal complaint filed against him uh, that he did. I mean, we're going to get into. We're going to talk a little bit about it because um, it's it's gross and horrible, and I don't want to give it any more attention than it deserves. But um, the story came out was it uh, about a year ago? Um, Vince had stepped down in disgrace after the story had broken that he had signed, uh, or excuse me, he had paid off a bunch of women something like 18 million that he had paid to them. Uh, the running joke being that he paid more in hush money than he paid for WCW, but <laughs> Much he, uh, more. Yeah. he had paid a, a bunch of women to keep quiet and some horrible things that he'd been accused of. Well, the, the, this, the, what really got the ball rolling on that investigation was an anonymous tip involving a uh, paralegal with the company. And the story came out in the wall street journal last week that he much like when he bought the territories, or would buy the territories, he stopped paying her. He didn't pay what he agreed to owe to pay her in hush money. The story is it was supposed to be three million. He gave her the million up front and then installments and he stopped paying the installments. So legally that he she, they argued that voided the NDA and now she's suing him and, and can release what what had happened. And it's it's terrible stuff. Um I'm gonna kind of bounce this over to you because you and I were talking before we got on the air tonight, but what do you think, Benny? I mean, this is really, it, unfortunately, 
two things. One, I want your thoughts. And two, what do you think about how the how this puts such a dark cloud over what was one of the best weeks the company's ever had? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you wind up signing a contract with uh, with um, who did they sign the contract with? I'm Netflix. drawing a blank now. Netflix for uh, five billion dollars for 10 years. I mean, wow. I mean, what a grand slam. And then, you know, uh, you got the Royal Rumble coming up and then you have this. I read the whole 67 page complaint. And I mean, I when I actually, Joe, what a day Lowry sent it to me. I thought, you know what? I'll read the first couple of pages. And then I read it. I said, you know, I'll read a couple more pages. By the time I got to page like 12, I was hooked. And mm-hmm. I read I, I went through the entire document. And like, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I said, holy shit. I right. probably could buy the, like, buy the WWE myself, but well, unbelievable. You, you are a better man than I, because by the time I got through about a dozen pages, I I still had to stop to take a shower because I felt gross. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was awful. I mean, it it just I, I I can't even put the words to it. Like what I felt after I finished reading it. No, I I said it on our uh, our appearance on on the the, the thirty with our uh, Monty and the Pharaoh. That if even one percent of what's in that report is true, Vince McMahon needs to be in jail, and so does anyone else mentioned. I mean, the the, yeah. the crux of the accusation, other than than direct sexual assault, is accusations of human trafficking, where he literally bought and sold and traded her like a commodity to other men in the company, including. Uh, I mean, obviously, not everybody's been identified. Uh, but the 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 media being as as savvy as they are have broken down that executive number one in the complaint appears to be John Laurinaitis and the the former UFC heavyweight champion who they were trying to sign a contract extension with appears to be Brock Lesnar, both of whom were were involved in in uh, being she was forced to to make inappropriate content, adult content. Uh, she was basically bought and like I said, bought and sold like a commodity. Go go have sex with this guy or you're fired. It's it's awful, awful stuff. Yeah, I, I again, I was just shocked. I mean, it, I've never liked Vince McMahon for many, many reasons. You know, the first being that he he killed the wrestling that I love. He killed the territories. And, right. You know, I, I, there's just so many things after that. I mean, I can make a list, but this is yeah. I mean, just when you think it couldn't get any worse, it got a lot worse. Oh, man, this is going to be uh, you, you could do an entire because they, they just announced the the upcoming episodes for season five of Dark Side of the Ring. You could do an entire season on just this document. There's so much in there. Absolutely. And, and the sad thing is this this poor woman is, you know, this is one person. There was uh, something like a dozen complainants throughout the, the different women that signed NDAs. This is one person, 67 pages of gross, horrible behavior. So, you know, there, like I said, if even 1% of what's in here is true now, now I will say in, in, in his statement, when he resigned from the board uh, and, and resigned from his, t- his position with the WWE, Vince McMahon did deny everything that's in here. Um, other members have obviously John Laurinaitis and Brock Lesnar haven't commented publicly and neither has anybody else involved. But I think it's interesting to see some of the fallout um, more recently. And I give her credit, love, love, hate or not. Um, Ronda Rousey tweeted. I don't know if you saw she tweeted out calling out Bruce Pritchard by name, saying that that as long as Bruce Pritchard is still in that building, 
Vince McMahon works with the WWE. Like Bruce Prichard is he he's 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 a Vince mouthpiece. He's a pawn. He's a stooge. Whatever you want to call him. And yeah, yeah, she she said the you cannot claim that you purged Vince from that company as long as Bruce Prichard still works there. Interesting. So I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I mean, she did it. The 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 Bella twins who uh, who obviously their John Laurinaitis is their father is is their their stepfather. Um, you know, they they came out and said that you know you have to give that. Obviously, they didn't come out and say you know it's true, but they very politely you give benefit of the doubt to people. You know, we we you have to believe these women when they come forward. They they want. A, a, a world where women can feel free to speak up and, and and several others have come out and said they hope that some of these other women who some of whom maybe they're not getting paid either the way that that the the, the victim was and and I I hate to keep titling her I, I don't want to use her name out of out of respect for the story um but cuz you know she was she came out she wasn't getting paid and I don't mean that in that she was demanding money I mean when she signed the NDA Vince agreed to it was an agreement I'll pay you 3 million you sign this NDA and don't tell anyone what happened he stopped paying her so it's like well screw you I'm going to tell everyone what happened and now you know she she's hopefully too she apparently through her lawyers the idea is that that there's other victims that may maybe weren't paid or haven't come forward so you know kind of a, a Bill Cosby Harvey Weinstein kind of situation where it's like once once the dam breaks, everyone else now now sees the flag. Hey, maybe they they're comfortable enough to come forward and speak out. Yeah, I think we're going to see more of this. I, I don't think this is the one and only. Yeah, I I think it's sad, and and I don't want to take away too much because, like you said, you sign the largest contract in sports entertainment history. This this five hundred million a year from Netflix is even bigger than the TV deal that the UFC had. Um, cause Netflix, they made a big push at 500 million a year for 10 years with the potential for another 10 year addition. So they, they, they could have Monday night raw for up to 20, or I say Monday night raw raw. They didn't guarantee it's going to be on Monday night, but they, uh, they could have it for 20 years. Smackdown on the USA network starting in October. That's a couple hundred million a year. Uh, NXT on the CW starting in October. That's another, you know, what is it? Eight 18 million, whatever it is. Um, you know, so you're talking they're going to get a bill, almost a billion dollars a year uh, for for their TV streaming rights before they sell a single ticket or piece of merchandise. They're and, they're, they're minting money. They're printing. Yeah, a- and, but but the thing is, it, unlike before, we talked about it on the show a couple of years ago when they had signed the, the current contract when when um, USA Network mo- or excuse me when, when SmackDown moved to Fox. And it was like, oh, the, the company is the most profitable it's ever been. And then they had the, the layoffs during COVID, and they they were they were making something like 500, 600 million a year, um, but they were still laying people off. But the uh, the thing that the product was terrible. But now you're the most profitable you've ever been. I why I've been you know I this is just me this is just me personally. But like SmackDown is fun. Monday Night Raw. I've been watching Monday Night Raw like regularly now instead of just catching highlights or, or watching the uh, condensed Hulu version Monday Night Raw is better you've got you've got Cody um, Punk we'll talk about that you know Drew McIntyre the way he's been built up and and obviously the storylines with the bloodline and Roman Reigns and the Judgment Day and they've got so much compelling television now it's it's a light switch like as soon as Vince it was it was as soon as Vince McMahon left and and you saw with character changes and people getting called up and people getting re-signed, it was it was a light switch of like, holy shit, this product's better. And now I'm not I don't want it 
take away. I mean, you can't you can't acknowledge wrestling without acknowledging what Vince McMahon did in a, in the positive side of things. But as far as a, a human, oh god, awful. But uh, you know, it's it's just interesting to see. But but Benny, I mean, I'm curious with with your thoughts now. You've got a billion dollars a year. D- does that wh- where do you go from there? I mean, where do you need to go? <laughs> That's I mean, a fair point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a two-headed coin there. I mean, you, you, where's the incentive to put on a good product? I mean, if you're, you know, you have guaranteed money in the bank, it, where there's, there's really no incentive. You're not competing against anybody anymore because you're, you know, you're leaving AEW in the dust, I, right. I have to believe. And um, so, but I, I do think that... It, you know, with Triple H, I think there's always going to be a vested interest in coming out with a, a you know, a very, very good product. So, yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I've seen some, you know, the last couple of weeks in both Raw and SmackDown, I've seen a, a, a definitely an improved quality of the show. And I want to watch every week. I'm a wrestling fan. I want to look right. forward to watching wrestling on Monday and Friday nights. I do. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And we talk about it on the show. I mean, between Raw and SmackDown and AEW, uh, Dynamite and collision and rampage and nxt i mean you figure you got three hours of raw you got two hours of of uh dynamite you've got two hours of smackdown you've got uh so right there you're looking at seven you've got an hour or excuse me two hours of nxt that's nine rampage is an hour so that's 10 i mean right there that's 10 hours a week uh, just of WWE and AEW, and that's not to say anything if you're trying to follow Ring of Honor or T- um, TNA or the NWA, uh, their their power program still running. On, um, it's I, it's it's good time to be a fan. It's a lot of fun. But uh, one thing I do want to ask your thoughts on because you mentioned it, you know, Triple H has gotten a lot of the credit as the heir apparent for what he's done with the company, especially after the story uh, the, with with what came out about Vince. It it was heavily implied some of the dirt sheets that the rift between Vince and Shane was Shane wanting nothing to do with the man his father was and not wanting to risk even becoming that. So I you know, get to quote Cornette. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. I'm out of here. Um, but you're, th- you know, you're talking about, as I mentioned earlier, that Bruce Pritchard, uh, Kevin Dunn's already gone. John Laurinaitis is gone. You know, there's a, you got to purge TKO has to purge the Vince, the Vince. I mean, behind me for those watching on the YouTube, um, you know, you see all my Redskins gear. When, 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 when Dan Snyder sold the team, Josh Harris came in and pretty much, you know, a new GM, new head coach, the janitor and the guy who fixes the computers in it, everyone else in this building is fired. You got to start over. And that's kind of what TKO is going to have to do with. They're going to have to purge the Vince McMahon stigma from the building. But I want your thoughts because they have to, good, bad, or indifferent, they have to take a long, hard look at whether they keep Triple H around. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wonder because when you were saying all of that, I'm thinking, you know, that you said about Shane. I, I thought about Stephanie also stepping down last year, and what was that all about? Did yeah. that have something to do with this? Because yeah, remember, she she had stepped down kind of out of the blue that she was going to go take care of the family, and then she only came back after Vince got removed the first time, you know, right. as kind of a stopgap measure. But now she's gone again. And, and I mean, you have to, even, even if, and, and I don't, I, I've seen nothing of history or stories or personality or life to make me think that Triple H was involved in any of this. I but even if he so. wasn't, 
he had to have at, at minimum suspected something. You, you would you of would course. think, right? Yeah, I, you know, I do think. I think he walks away from this. I don't. I don't think he gets. You know, he walks away with clean hands. Yeah, no, I'm not just, saying his hands are dirty. I'm saying as far as TKO goes, I I, I hope they keep him because I because he's done such good things for this company. But if you're gonna say if, if TKO's president and, and and Ari Emanuel and these guys from from Endeavor have come in and said we're gonna purge the Vince stigma if this is true, um, you know, you they have to take a long hard look at whether they keep Triple H. I hope they keep him though. I, I really do. I just I think he's done a very good job. I don't think uh, I don't think he deserves to be fired. And sin, sins of the father kind of thing. No pun intended. Yeah. But well, it, moving to a much brighter note, um, we we kind of we talked about it. You watched it live. I watched it live. I mean, how long has it been, really, Betty? That since since we've both and and, and yeah, obviously you were part of the reaction show on on the. Monty and the Pharaoh page. How long do you think it's been since all of us sat down at the same time and watched a pay-per-view live? I, I couldn't even remember. Probably years. And, and that's because yeah, we're excited absolutely. about the new product. So we we wanted to talk about the Royal Rumble because this was great stuff. Um, I mentioned in, in a pre-show uh, last week when we were on the 30 that, you know, this is the first time since 2002 that I genuinely didn't know who was going to win. Every year... Now, granted, 2008 had the big surprise return of John Cena, so I can't say I predicted that one. But pretty much every year, based on the stories and where the direction of the company was going, you knew. You knew Cody was going to win last year. You knew that McIntyre was winning. You knew Lesnar was winning. You knew that that you know uh, uh, Seth Rollins and and you knew Braun Strowman was going to win the Great Rumble in Saudi Arabia. And, you know the the, the when, when they when Batista came back for his his last hurrah, you knew he was going to win, even though. Brian was the favorite and this year there was a good dozen people to at least 10 that you're like, I could legitimately see them winning. And I was, it was exciting. It was good stuff, but uh, we want to talk about the rumble. So we'll get to you first thoughts, the, the opening match now, now, and again, I give them credit. This was the a three hour, three and change hour pay-per-view only had four matches, which is refreshing. Cause like I said, the, uh, it was an a, the AW show in London had 14 and, and sometimes you can get a little much, but this three, four matches, two rumbles, two title matches. Um, but it, the show opened with the women's rumble match. And uh, we'll get your thoughts on that, Benny. Starting, um, obviously, we'll kind of go in segments, but the, the first couple uh, moments in, in the rumble match, the, the, the big ones, just in the top five, uh, number two to come out was Naomi. who That was a nice prize. I, I would say that was a nice surprise, but more importantly, and my jaw must hit the floor when she came out and was doing the glow dance, Michael Cole on commentary, instead of calling her Trinity, he did, he did call her Naomi. That's her WWE name. But he said, while she was gone, she was TNA knockouts champion. And I was, I was dumbfounded. I'm like, holy shit. They just mentioned TNA, which you know, I remember last year when they had Mickey James, as surprise entrant while she was actively the women's champion. But they mentioned it, and then lo and behold, number five, Jordan Grace, yeah, the current was... knockouts champion. So what do you think about – and I fun fun side note because tri- they asked Triple H about the forbidden door at the press conference after the Rumble, and he, he pretty much implied that he thinks the words forbidden door are stupid. But um, what do you think about that, the door being open where WWE is willing to bring in TNA talent and not, not only acknowledge – them but have champions and present them as strong credible 
you know, a credible other promotion. I just think at this point, you know, with the contract you know, with, with Netflix and everything else, I don't think they're really worried about a TNA or an AEW. I think at this point they're they're so far ahead of everybody else. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, obviously, I don't think there's much of a chance that there's you know Endeavor is going to buy TNA or anything like that. But it's it's neat to see that. I mean, could you imagine 20 years ago, 25 years ago? Here's the Royal Rumble and surprise guests. They bring out you know DDP and and Glacier or somebody like that from WCW and present them as like, oh look, it's those guys from the other channel. And and then actually give. I mean, you saw that with. With Sting, when Sting did had his run, little run in the WWE where he lost to Triple H at Mania, which, by the way, was really dumb. Um, that was you know, very because, dumb. Because Thank the you. whole thing evolved into WCW, WWF, or, you know, Monday Night Wars. And look, DX is better than the NWO, and we we got to vanquish WCW for the last time. And the whole thing was just petty. And, and I, you could this is another thing I, I think is kind of the Vince – because he Vince was hands off last year. There's no way Vince has 100% control over anything and acknowledges not only, like I said, and, and it's not even just that they acknowledged the TNA, but but both Jordan Grace and Naomi, who was the Iron Woman for the match, had really strong showings and were presented as credible. Yeah, but I think it's great my, stuff. My my only thing, and it goes with the whole match though, and you know, Naomi was in it for what, like 62 minutes. Uh, actually, she, yeah, she, I was about to say, just, just over an hour. Yes. 62 minutes. But she, I mean, she was laying in the corner, maybe like quite like 58 of it. I, that's, <laughs> that's my one. I mean, I guess you really have to do that when you have a match like this, because you can't have everybody going at once, but you have, a, it's almost like a car wreck and you have these people, you know, laying in triage for minutes at a time while right. other people get their shit in. But I mean, no, she, she made a good accounting for herself. I thought Jordan Grace looked great. I was, I was, I mean, that was a nice, pleasant surprise. Yeah. You know, somebody said something about Natty, but I guess, you know, kind of Natty is Natty. You got to throw her in there, I guess. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, and Natalia, you know, she's still a workhorse. If you're going to have somebody that you need to work with everybody that's yeah. coming in. And she was, the, I mean, even Natalia was in the ring for 20 minutes. So, right. You know, it's not, it's not like she just got chumped out. I mean, you knew she wasn't going to win, but I mean, she no. wasn't. She she didn't embarrass herself either. Yeah, not at all. Um, I, I think it's interesting that, <laughs> excuse me, I, I think it's interesting to say because you had, you know, your 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 core, you know, Natalia, Naomi, and then Bailey, who I, ended up winning, came out third. She was she at lasted. I. Oh, I mentioned Naomi being the Iron Woman. Bailey actually lasted a minute longer. She was in for uh, sixty-three right. minutes, but she won. Naomi was the longest of the of the non-winners, is what I meant to say. Coming out, um, but you, know, I, I think too is is you know, you see, so she comes out. You've got obviously Jordan Grace, Candice LeRae, and then um, through seven through ten, you had Oscar uh, and Bianca Belair came out at ten. She was another one in there for forty-seven minutes. I was surprised. Be, uh, you had Asuka come out at seven and Kyrie Sane came out at 11 and Kyrie Sane was only in the ring for five minutes, Asuka for 13, or I think the official time was 1259, but you know, Asuka won it. I get their tag champs and you're building the story that Bailey doesn't have any help anymore, but, but the way those two kind of got chumped out quickly felt yeah, a little was, off to me. 
Yes, I agree. And and I will say, and I want your thoughts on this, is this middle section between like the eighth entrant and about uh, 18, because 19 was Nia Jax, and that's when the, you know, obviously Piper Niven came out, but Nia Jax came out at 19, and, and that was when the meat, and no, no, and potatoes of the match started. But you had some moments. My, my wife and I, I feel like I said, we had people we were watching. It was a group. Is you know, I, I will say that this it kind of got a little sloppy in the middle. Some of the moves looked a little rough. Um, like you said, there were noticeable spots where somebody would take a body slam, or or a forearm, or something simple, and then roll out out to the to the corner or to the edge of the ring and just lay there for five minutes. Um, you know, so but I will say I give them credit. They were in the ring. I remember last year and the year before I commented that there were moments in both those women's rumbles where women were leaving the ring, like rolling out under the bottom rope and catching right. their breath at ringside. And that looked just really, really that was a really bad visual because because, you, you know, you had people five they, they're in the ring five minutes and they're they're on they're hanging over the apron blown up and i know some of it was gimmick i'm not saying they're out of shape they're all the, all those women could easily kick my ass but um you know it, it was a bad look this time at least they stayed in the ring it looked more fight to the death kind of kind of thing like the rumble should be um but then yeah 19 you had nia jacks come out in uh, uh Chelsea Green, Caden Carter, Tegan Knox. There was I guess, some of the good ones. And there's Lena Vega from SmackDown. She was another one that surprised me. She was in for 20 minutes. But then Nia Jax comes out. Here's your powerhouse. You're building up this big moment. And she comes in. You know, I'm going to be the wrecking ball. And <clears throat> Becky Lynch, 21, uh, to bring to bring the story. But then this is the, you know, obviously you start getting towards the end. So now you're in the middle. You're in the middle. You're, you're pushing your last few. You got... 10 minutes, maybe five minutes left of people coming out. What are your thoughts at this point in the match, Benny? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was wondering if certain people were going to come out, and they did wind up coming out at the end. But, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a, a nice flow. I mean, there were, you know, little surprises here and there. Uh, they saved, uh, I think they saved at least, you know, to me, the best for last, or at least close to last. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm going to get to, the final four. You had 27 through 30. Um, although I, I must I must acknowledge because I made a note of it. You know me, Benny. I'm the very first person to be critical of comedy wrestling. You know, people like your 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 Orange Cassidy and your your Joey Ryan and people whose entire gimmicks are built around wrestling is stupid and look at me, I'm an idiot. There are ways you can have comedy in wrestling and it be done right. Bobby the Brain Heenan is a great example. Every time that man talked, it was funny, it was entertaining, and he was a goof, but he never made the sport look embarrassed. Um, so I, I have to acknowledge at, at, at uh, 24, Valhalla comes out. Michael Cole gets all excited that she's wearing her antler crown again, which was something he had mentioned about uh, previously on commentary about, man, I missed the antlers, and he was so excited she had them, which, which I thought added a nice touch. I, I will say... For as, as as many unkind things as you and I have said about Michael Cole's commentary, uh, without having Vince in his ear, he is noticeably better. And Pat McAfee seems to bring out the best in him. But oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so so Valhalla comes out, and then our Truth's music hits, and he comes running to the ring, and he kind of does the 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 goofy look around, like what what's going on? And Valhalla's confused, and she's angry, and Adam Pierce comes out, and they're arguing. And the joke is, of course, that R-Truth, you know, he he 
he he had the number, but he came out for the wrong rumble. Like, no truth, you idiot. This is the women. Go back, go to the back. You don't come out till the men's rumble. I thought that was funny, and it was it was the kind of funny that it to me it didn't take away from the match. Like it, no, it, it made me laugh. Our yeah. truth is a national treasure, and and good for him. But it it didn't. It wasn't that kind of funny that that, that spat in kayfabe's face. What do you think? No, nah, his delivery is absolutely priceless. It it just is, and he just you know right. He, he never fails, and it was just it was just that little element. It wasn't a big thing, but it was enough to kind of distract you for just for a minute to get a good laugh. Yeah, exactly, and then. So, so you, you do your fun, you're, you're having your fun. Then the, the last four, you got 27, Roxana Perez from NXT. Great showing. 28, that's the big moment everybody that's what, was that's waiting what I, for. That's when I popped. Yeah, the, the, the in-ring debut of Jade Cargill, AEW's former TBS Women's Champion, undefeated until her final match with final matches with Chris Statlander. Jade Cargill, first time in a WWE ring since signing with the company. She comes out, looks like a million bucks. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. They they booked her like a million bucks. The Her body slam and one kick both looked a little sloppy. And um, anybody that knows wrestling, you could clearly tell that she was not leading the match. For for those that those you know that don't understand what I mean is is you could tell she was following orders. There were other people in the ring tell like kind of calling the match for her, which is fine. Some people can't. I mean. We've had some legends on the show, Benny, that have said straight up that they could never call a match. I mean, got some of the guys that were were big stars and wonderful talents. Sometimes you just need somebody in the background going, "Hey, kick," you know, yeah, okay. And and but but man, she looked like a million bucks. Booked her strong. Looks great. Look, just walks and looks like a star. The storm is coming. The white hair. But then she, they, you know, she she. Body slams and eliminates Nia Jax by herself, which I thought was a huge moment. Yes. And then they have the big stare down build up between her and, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they have the big stare down build up between her and Bianca Belair, which I'm, I'm imagining that'll probably be a mania match. You know, what a, what a star making moment that was. And then 29, Tiffany Stratton, another NXT star that looked good. And then 30, the surprise return of Liv Morgan back from her shoulder surgery and, and unfortunate run-in with the law. Um, and, and the crowd was glad to see her back. And then, I mean, so so before we get to the ending, Betty, what are you thinking at this point? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I thought, well, they, have, they checked all the boxes as far as the talent. They didn't miss anybody. And, you know, the action was, you know, sometimes it was a little bit stilted. It's just, it's very, I have to imagine, it's very, very difficult to, to pull off something like that, you know, from a choreography standpoint. Just to, you know, and I think they, they did the best they could. I mean, like you said, they kept them in the ring this time. Um, you know, granted, they were, you know, comatose in the corner, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, it wasn't horrible. And, I, I mean, it, like I said, like or like you said, you know, I did pop for when when uh, Jade body slammed Nia Jax. I mean, like she is green, but I yeah. think there's a, some huge upside potential there. Oh, absolutely! But that spot because she picked her up, kind of a shoulder, almost like a Scott Steiner deadlift, and then still right. did the one arm flex. So like she's holding Nia, and and I mean that that that's the raw power and just how that was you talking and you see the muscles and the smirk and she's got the biggest woman on the roster on one arm, you know, throws her out with like, she's nothing. 
it's it, talk about a star making moment. Good for her. But then, yeah, obviously, yeah. it comes to the end. You got uh, Liv, uh, <clears throat> Liv Morgan, Jade Cargill, and Bailey. Liv and Jade fight at the ropes. Bailey kind of weasels her way in, knocks them both out, wins. I called that on our predictions bit uh, last week where I, a Bailey winning, I think, is the right choice, especially with where they're going to go with it. Um, but you, you, what do you think? You think right right call there? Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. I guess the question is now, what's going to happen? Well, for those that, that hadn't seen, because they had a spot on Monday Night Raw where Rhea Ripley came out and basically intimidated all of damage control and just kind of backed Bailey into a corner, like in her face. Like, if you pick me, I'll rip you in half. And Bailey announced that she's going to make her make her pick on Friday. So I personally, me, if I was booking, obviously, I, I like I said in my prediction, I think damage control turns on her kind of evolution style, you know, thumb down on the clipboard, Triple H and, and Batista beating up new newly faced Randy Orton. Randy Orton, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think Bailey, she's due for a, another singles title. She hasn't had had any title in a like, better part of four years. Um, she's due for, and, she, and she's already popular. She's due for a face turn. And I think she can be the face that takes down now that damage control is like super heels. I think she can be the face that takes them down. I think it's the right call. Oh yeah. Yeah. But from, uh, from good, from, from good to not so good. Um, the, the, the second match was the fatal four way for the undisputed, Excuse me. Let, let me let me let me make sure I say this correctly. The undisputed WWE Universal Championship, which God, I hope when Roman loses the title, they just start calling it the WWE Championship again. What's the point of absorbing titles into each other if you combine names? Uh, right. Just oh, all, and and I I said from years ago, I, I thought Universal Championship was a dumb name for a title anyway. But uh, Roman Reigns defending against AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and LA Knight. Uh, I told you my thoughts on this one, Benny, but I'll let you go first. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, they played it safe. I, it it did nothing for me. I mean, it wasn't a horrible match, but you know, if I was a uh, if somebody if I was a professor and uh, I got handed this for a term paper, I'd probably give it a C. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what I said when we were talking about about it uh, yesterday, or was it earlier? I think this morning. Um, to me, this felt flat. I mean. I get it. Roman's not losing the title, but it, it's it's almost formulaic. Lather, rinse, repeat. If you remember back in the in the in the early in the '90s when the fans started turning on Hulk Hogan, and and later on with with Roman and John Cena in the WWE side and and WCW with some of the stars there, uh, they turned on Hogan. Same reason is it, it, fans don't like when matches become formulaic. It's you know. Uh, Roman Superman punch, couple spears, kick out of two or three finishers, almost get beat. Bloodline interferes. So uh, either Jimmy puts the foot on the rope or Solo beats someone up. Lather, rinse, repeat. One, two, three. Roman's still yeah. champion, and it's yeah, even it's more frustrating when he only does it a couple times a year. Right. Yeah. There's there's really not much to that championship at yeah. all. Which I I will say I give them credit. Uh, money. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Last night on Raw, when Cody came out to make his announcement that he was picking Roman to defend his title, uh, Seth Rollins came out. I don't know if you saw the segment or not, Benny. I I did actually. Yes. Yeah. And and you know what? I don't. I 
I fully I predicted Cody uh, and Punk were going to be one of the two. And if guys, I predict in my predictions, I said if Cody wins, he's got to go against Roman and beat him because that's how you finish the story. But when when Seth Rollins came out and he did, he cut the promo. So you talk about the promo of his life, probably the best promo I think I've ever heard Seth Rollins. Cut. I thought that was absolutely. I mean, I think he's a clown most of the time, but he, yeah, he was spot on. He was and, great. And you, you know what? As as the old joke goes, Benny, no lies detected. When he said, you know, this is even though his t- the world heavyweight title is the B title, we know that. But he said it. He's like, this is the workhorse title. I've defended this title more since it its creation than Roman has his title in two years. You know, uh, this is the 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 because remember that was what they used to call the Intercontinental Belt. That was the workhorse title. And you know, he he. Do you want do you want the, the 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 title your dad would want to go after your workhorse Dusty Rhodes title or do you want that Hollywood Hulk Hogan you know Roman Reigns John Cena title where people defend it once every six months and and maybe if we're lucky we see him on TV and he no like I said no lies detected but I I I still think that that because and spoilers because we'll get to the men's rumble here but with Cody being the challenger, they have to, it has to be Cody finally beating Roman because I can't, unless you're, I mean, even if you bring the rock in, there's no one else besides Cody that is as satisfying a conclusion of the long title reign. Um, but I, I do want to get your thoughts on that one before we move on to the next match, Benny. Uh, the, I tell Seth you what, Rollins, they're, they're building up Seth Rollins versus Cody. Do you think there's a chance that they keep the belt on Roman? just a few more months because if he keeps it until september he beats hogan's record do, do you think they keep it on him until he's number two behind bruno well i gotta tell you you know i don't know if you've ever gone to like a sales class and they they, they you know they'd say sell me this pen and then you, your job is to sell the other person the pen right seth rollins sold a pen last night yes i mean that was absolutely phenomenal i thought like there wasn't a chinaman's chance in hell that that you know, Cody was gonna go against Seth. I, yeah. I, after that promo, I was like, "This is gonna happen." I really, yeah, you, you know what? I, I 100% agree. Like I said, I think it, it, from a storyline perspective, it make Cody has to be the one to beat Roman. But after that promo last night, especially with CM Punk, uh, the promo he cut at the beginning of Raw where he announced his tricep tear that he's missing Mania and everything. I want to see Cody and Rollins now. You know, I that's the I want to see that match more than Cody and Roman because at this point, I, no offense to Roman Reigns, I don't care about him anymore. Like he well, he wrestled eleven times last year, they weren't all for the title, and every one of his matches is the same. He's boring, and and I'm sorry, but that doesn't interest me anymore. Well, number one, I think you know Cody and Seth is would be a much better match. Number yes. one, and number from two, a wrestling standpoint, I mean, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and number two. How is he not finishing his story? I mean, he's still winning a world championship. Yeah, I think I think the only selling point is the the belt that's around Roman's waist traces its lineage back to Backlund and Hogan and those guys. So that's the title that Dusty said he wanted and never got. The the, the title that's around Rollins's waist is brand new because unlike the the old world, remember when they brought the world heavyweight title in and and they kind of traced the lineage and compared it with WCW. That that title that Seth Rollins has is brand new. It didn't exist. That's not the title that that Dusty went for. And Dusty, remember, Dusty was a world champion. It's not like he was never a world champion. He just never won the WWE. So if Cody wants to go for the title that his daddy never won, he's got to go for the WWF title, not their their B list title. 
Um, which now I don't get me wrong. I think have him beat if he goes against Rollins, have him win that title, and then maybe go for the world title later if you're going to keep it on Roman until the fall. But I I'm I'm torn now, Benny, because like on one hand you got to complete the Roman story and have him beat Cody, but after that that promo with Rollins, that's the match I want to see at Mania now. So here's maybe we're jumping the gun here. What I thought, like I initially pitched picked uh, uh, Punk to win the Rumble. And, you know, uh, Joe picked both both Punk and Cody. And yeah, I thought like that's not a bad idea because they're both strong. Then, yeah. you know, you, you send Cody off to fight Roman. You send Punk off to fight Seth and everything's great. You know, I, I wonder if they just called an audible uh, now because of Punk's injury. And I, I, I wonder if they were both they were actually supposed to win. Both, you know, both win it. And that because Punk got hurt, they, they, they called an audible in the ring and they just had uh, Cody win it. What do you think? You know, uh, I mean, we'll I guess we, we'll we'll get back to the U.S. title match and we can talk about the men's rumble. But I personally think that the way I because when when you can see the moment. When when Punk takes that that the future shock DDT from from Drew McIntyre and he and he McIntyre doesn't and, and again it shit happens it's wrestling um, McIntyre didn't quite tuck him enough and Punk landed on his elbows and you could see the second he landed his arm buckled and he grabbed his at his elbow which yes. anybody that that's ever seen an injury if you're if you're grabbing at the base of your elbow that's your tricep is no longer connected the way it should be um, and. He waved off a doctor. He fit, which, by the way, oh my, I mean, God, more respect th- than I had going into the match for CM Punk because I've I've never torn my tricep, but I have greatly injured it, and that was impossible to to lift anything of any substance with 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 a with a full uh, what they call it a micro tear. But but for him to have torn it to need surgery and still be able to to pick Cody with to go to sleep and pick people up and finish the match. That's impressive. So, I mean, says good a lot, for him. says a lot about him. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You talk about grit and integrity and, and his promo, um, the open Monday night raw, where he talked about, you know, this is just a bump in the road. And, and he mentioned his, his friend that has cancer and he's like, that's a real fighter. And, and yeah, people want to make fun of me that I didn't do well in the UFC, but you know, I went for my dream anyway. And my dream is to be at WrestleMania. So there's always next year. Um, I don't think I don't think it was an audible. I think Cody was winning from the start, <clears throat> although I do think Cody winning was predicated on whether or not they have the rock for mania, because if they have the rock for mania and he's not wrestling Roman Reigns, then that's a wasted opportunity. So if right. if if Cody wins and Cody goes against Roman, they don't have the rock for mania. If they have the rock for mania, then Cody winning and and picking Seth, maybe maybe you do it that way. But I'll I think the promo last night, <clears throat> excuse me, the promo last night where where they put the seeds of Cody and Seth instead of Cody and Roman, that felt more like an audible to me than anything. But I think I think Cody winning was the plan going in. If they weren't if if, if they weren't going to do Cody and Roman, I don't think I th- I think at that point you give it to Punk or you know. But and I don't think anybody would have faulted Punk for winning and then coming out and saying, hey, I'm more hurt than I thought I was, you know. But no, I I think especially with the whole back to back first time since Austin, I I don't think it was an audible. I think Cody winning was the plan. And and I think 
despite what happened last night, I still think Cody Roman is going to be the way they go. Although I personally, now I want to see Cody Seth, but we'll see. Yeah. But before we get, because the, the, they had, we, we break down the men's match. They had the U.S. title match, Logan Paul defending against Kevin Owens. Um, this was another match that I was surprised because it was a brawl. It was it was a good match. I enjoyed it. I thought the ending was well done with the whole brass knucks, you know, um, the, and the fact that they called it a weapon instead of insisting on calling it a foreign object. You could tell that was a, that was a nice change. Um, I had no idea who that guy was that came out to distract the referee, apparently. And, and honestly, I think the announcers didn't do a very good job explaining who he was because I wouldn't be shocked if even they had never had no idea who he was. Apparently he's did, somebody yeah. from Logan Paul's social media profile. Um, okay. But, but you know, then, then of course, Waller and, and Theory come out and they, they have the beef with Owens and then they give him the knucks. And now uh, the story that, that I was reading this morning, apparently Kevin Owens, whether he was injured before or during the match, but he, he, he wrestled that match with a fracture in his foot. So there's a, you know, he, he was injured too and toughed it out. But I thought, I thought that was a good match. It sets up, uh, whatever they plan on doing with Logan Paul at mania. I think it was the right call, not taking the belt off of them now. Um, and, and I wouldn't be shocked if, if Kevin Owens gets his shot later, but I think it was the right outcome and I enjoyed it. And what surprised me was the match was only 14 minutes long. It felt a lot longer than that because they got so many good spots in, in 14 minutes, uh, which I usually when matches start getting, past 12 to 15 minutes they start feeling like they've been 15 minute matches you know but this reminds me we always joked about the broadways you know you, you go watch some old uh you know bruno go watch you know uh billy graham and next thing you know that's a 30 minute match it doesn't feel like you've been watching wrestling for 30 minutes this this right. was a 15 minute fight fist fight that didn't feel like 15 minutes and i, and I give him credit for that what do you think you know, we've had George Shire on our show many, many times. And one of the things, one of the episodes I remember talking about, what is missing from the past? And I, I, we brought up, I don't know who brought it up, but the, the endings, like a, a countout, a draw, a disqualification, and how yeah. like, you really rarely see, you, you never see a draw or a, a, you know, a countout. Or, right. you know, but, you know, to, sh to have it end by a DQ actually was refreshing. I enjoyed that. Number one, like I said, because you don't see it. Yeah. And number two, because it does leave the door open if they want to do it again. Right. And then if their next match, they could say, look, well, you know, I had you if not for the DQ. So their next match could be no DQ. And then you have right, a no exactly. DQ match that actually makes sense instead of we, we're very we're always critical of AEW where they're, you know, next week we're going to have, you know, uh, whoever wrestling, whoever, and it's going to be a Texas bull rope death match of doom. And the ring is on fire. Why? What storyline element is there for that to be your first match of the feud? Like it isn't, you know, Swer swerve and hangman had that, that blood drinking death match. And it was the second match in their feud. And they're still feuding. Like how is a blood drinking death match? Not the ending. Like remember when, when the, the cage and the cell and the big mat, that used to be the end of the feud. Now it's match right. number two of seven, you know? Right. I think they should have a stipulation of if Kevin loses next time that he has to join Weight Watchers and Planet Fitness. <laughs> oh, be nice to the man. Yeah. He's but great. no, I, he really, I thought he, it was great. He's great. He really and, is. And I think, I think Logan Paul is perfect for that smarmy, I'm better than you heel. 
and I give Logan Paul all the credit in the world, not oh, just yeah. his wrestling ability, but the little things, the facial expressions, the timing, being in the right spot, ring awareness. He's got stuff down that takes years of experience to pick up. And and he's only been re- he's only been doing this a few. He's, this is only what his not even his tenth match. Like yeah, I give him only- credit. He's a natural, and he clearly loves and cares about the business the right way, which is good. Um, random cat sighting, and uh, yes, I, I no one wants to see you know guys look YouTube. Sorry for for those for those that aren't watching on YouTube. I have a cat behind me that wants to be on camera, so my it's my cat Maleficent. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I give Logan Paul the credit in the world. I thought it was the right call. But then they move on to the um, in the final match of the night, men's main event, men's Royal Rumble, which I think was the right call, obviously, ending with the men's match. I thought it had bigger stakes and a bigger story to tell. Um, but f- we'll get through the first five, and I want your opinion, because the first five was really a good start of the match. You had Jey Uso number one, Jimmy Uso number two. Great first two pairing. Uh, that's the first time I think they've confronted each other since Jimmy turned on him because Jay got traded to Raw. Uh, number three, Grayson Waller, good shit heel. Number four, the returning Mr. Charlotte Flair, Andrade. That was nice. That yeah, was, I liked and, that. And, I liked that. and the, the crowd nice. popped for him when you heard the El Idolo sound. And, and I love his, I absolutely love his entrance with the mask and, and the, the, the robes. And he's got where he kind of transitions from the luchador to the non-masked wrestler. I think it's a great look. I'm glad to see him back. He was horribly wasted in AEW. And he's a Triple H guy. So I know that they're going to take care of him. And he's got, he's yeah. got a lot of good in-ring talent. So. Uh, and then number five, Carmelo Hayes, uh, NXT call-up, who's been wrestling in the tournaments. Um, but, yeah, start of the match was great stuff. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I popped for Andrade. I didn't expect that. Uh, I like the guy. I think, the, you know, great, great, great uh, look, great work. Uh, you know, promos now. But, I mean, that's what you get managers for. Yeah. Uh, then you know, middle section, you had, you know, your, your, this is when the workhorses start coming out, the guys that can go for a while. You had your Shinsuke, uh, Santos Escobar, Dominic Mysterio, Carlito. But then um, at, at number eight and number 11, respectively, Karrion Cross and Bobby Lashley, neither of them in the ring very long because they uh, Lashley eliminated Karrion Cross and then Karrion Cross pulled Lashley out of the ring despite having been eliminated already. Big brawl on the outside because that's continuing the feud between um, the the Carrying Cross Alliance and uh, Lashley and the Street Profits. So, you know, I, I don't mind using the Rumble to further storylines because neither of those guys was going to win, and it doesn't make either of them look weak. So, I think I think that was well done. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Carrying Cross, though. I, I mean, what, what's it going to take to revive that guy's career? Yeah, you mentioned that when we talked about him last week. I think it was last week where you said, you know, they. They, this is the final it for him. If if they can't do something with him now, he'll. Yeah. I I just can't take him seriously. They, they they're gonna have to do, you know, NXT what they did with Baron Corbin, send him back to NXT and make him a monster again. But yeah, I don't even think that would work. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. I will say though, it's nice to. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, it's nice to see. It's nice to see uh, Paul Ellering on TV again. Absolutely. Now, I, I always respect what he did. Um, you know, Kaiser came out, Austin Theory, Finn Balor. Number 15 was Cody Rhodes. You, he was going to stick around for a while. Cody Rhodes was in the match for 40. Uh, final count was 43 minutes, 21 seconds. 
Um, then you had some beef in a row. Bronson Reed and Gunter at 16 and 18. 17 surprised me. 17 was Kofi Kingston. And apparently he's just a new – because I, I jokingly said to, to my friend when we were watching that I thought Kofi was a replacement for somebody because he came out in fur-lined shorts that I, I had never seen him wear before. And it almost looked like he had borrowed somebody else's gear. And But that he, he, he was on Raw the next night wearing the same trunk, so I assume that's his new look. But Kofi yeah. was only in for a couple minutes, and he got thrown out with no fanfare. They didn't even try and do a, a save from elimination spot. So maybe yeah, they're. I mean, I mean, I mean, I know you can't do it. That's his, that's his trademark, though. Yeah, but but remember the last two years. Well, the first year they tried something and he didn't quite catch the wall. And then last year when Gunther threw him, I don't know if it was supposed to be a save spot because he Kofi landed on a chair. But when he landed on the chair, the chair pretty much exploded. And Kofi face planted into the table. It looked really gnarly because Gunther just threw him like a missile. I don't know if that was supposed to be something or if it was just a bad landing. Right. But they kind of abandoned that look. Um, But speaking of, I want to go back for a minute. Speaking of save spots, I forgot I made a note about it. Uh, Kyrie Sane had a spot where she was pushed out of the ring and kind of did the Spider-Man both feet on the, on the, the, the. um, Yes. Yeah. Not the ring. I don't want to say the ring apron, but the LED sign that was at ringside, you know? Yes. And and I thought that was I mean talk about core strength. Now ended, she ended up she ended up falling like couldn't quite save herself. But I'm curious because they build up constantly. You saw it with Kofi a couple years ago when he landed and he landed with uh, Xavier Woods caught his foot on the plate of pancakes. You know where they said oh both feet have to touch the floor. So it, why didn't Kyrie Sane just put one foot down? You know it, it, I mean I I get you know but I thought it was a nice moment. But yeah they're they're. I, I completely forgot. I'm sorry to that circle was back. I just logical. wanted to mention that because I give her credit. That's you talk about to, to hang like that with your feet up. That is a level of core strength that, that you're going to need more than a few sit ups to get. So good for her. Yeah. Now, that was a very nice moment. Yeah. But then you had, like I said, 18 was Gunther. He was out there for about a half hour. Big powerhouse. He was a uh, top three. Um, then tw- number 20, Braun Breaker coming out. Uh big nxt call up he was you talk about a house of fire he had four eliminations now he was only in the match for five minutes but you you talk about making them count but i want to get your thoughts on this one benny because we talked about it at the beginning uh our our um it was first reported by dave Meltzer, and then and uh, nick hausman and some others have jumped on apparently braun breaker was the brock lesnar replacement he was supposed to that was supposed to be Brock Lesnar's spot, come out five minutes, wreck a bunch of people. And then if you remember, Braun Breaker got dumped out after dumping out almost uh, by himself, which was impressive considering almost aside. Dominic Mysterio, weasel chicken shit heel, pushed Braun Breaker out. The story is that was supposed to be Brock Lesnar. And then that was going to build up to Brock Lesnar against Dominic Mysterio at the at Hell in a Cell. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because obviously Brock Lesnar being named in the in the law Vince McMahon lawsuit, they want to keep him at arm's distance too. Right. No, I could absolutely see that because in fact I thought that when when he came into the ring, it's like this is shit that Brock Lesnar does. I mean, just yeah. you know, guy after guy, just you know, right out of the ring and then you know, <laughs> getting eliminated like that. I, that was definitely and, and you know Brock's not going to stay in there that long. So right. But they got to change Braun Breaker's name. Make him a Steiner, for God's sakes. Yeah, you know, and that's what gets me. And, and I take nothing away from from you know what he's done because he has been absolutely uh, a dominant powerhouse. Because you know yeah. the, the 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 his real name is is Bronson Rex Steiner. 
uh, or Rick Steiner, how, how that would be pronounced. Um, but how do you have a guy that you could naturally call Braun Steiner or Rex Steiner? Cause Rex being a nickname of his and you go with Braun breaker. Like it, it's not even a storyline. Uh, Brian Pillman jr. Being Lexus King is a storyline. He specifically said he picked a name because he didn't want to be Brian Pillman Jr. And he, and it's in storyline why he's not Brian Pillman Jr. anymore. Braun Breaker, they never, they acknowledge his Steiner heritage, but they never talk about why he's not a Steiner. Yeah. I, I mean, how do you have a guy that looks like that, that can move like that and not name him Rex Steiner or something that, I mean, Braun Breaker doesn't seem like the Mark. Well, what is it they used to say to can it pass the marquee test? You know, the Rock versus Braun Breaker. Does that look like a marquee you sell WrestleMania on? No. Yeah. But no, Powerhouse, he looked like, I said it with Jane Cargill, but Braun Breaker came out looking like a million bucks. He looked great, yeah. Yeah. Um, number 22 interested me because it was Pat McAfee from the announce <laughs> desk. And apparently he mentioned on his podcast that that was a legitimate rib. Pat McAfee said that he did not know he was going to be in the Rumble. Um, neither did apparently Michael Cole or Corey Graves. So their reactions were all genuine, uh, which I think is great. Um, you know, I'm all for the occasional rib, but him, uh, McAfee kind of get, I'm going to get in the ring. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Now screw this. I'm jumping at a Drew Carey style. I'm going to eliminate myself. I thought that was great stuff. And I even, I remember telling my friend, I was like, uh, you know, good for him. Cause McAfee sold it. But apparently he wasn't selling it. The story is now that that was legitimate rib. McAfee did not know he was going to be an entrant. Yeah, uh, he, so. he he worked that very well. Yeah, I know. Good, good for him. And then we go back to our friends in the comedy world. Uh, 23 is J.D. McDonough or uh, and 24 was our truth. And of course, the spot being McDonough comes down. Braun Breaker had just been eliminated. Braun Breaker spears J.D. McDonough's soul out of his body. Uh, which, by the way, Roman Reigns needs to take notes because Braun Breaker's spear is phenomenal looking compared to Roman's at the, from the title match. But, you know, and then so McDonough's laid out. Here comes our truth uh, next out. He puts McDonough in the ring, who's immediately eliminated. Uh, I thought that was a fun moment, kind of a, a proven once again, our truth being a doofus played into the. You know, again, goes back to what I was saying, where you can have comedy without the business looking looking bad. And and JD McDonough doesn't come out of that doesn't come out of that looking like an idiot. He sold the hell of a spear and then got eliminated because our truth is a doofus. Right. So I, I think that that doesn't make him look stupid. But I thought that was good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, our truth immediately he gets beat up, Damian Priest, and then the Miz next, and or excuse me, the Miz next, and then Damian Priest beating up our truth. I had that backwards. Number twenty seven. Uh, was was my pick originally CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk comes out pop of the night. I think up to that point with CM Punk when that when that first chord of cult of personality hit. I mean, it's great to see the crowd still love him. Uh, you know, especially there some of the reactions he was getting from the 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 young bucks faithful and the AEW crowds uh, undeserved. Uh, Twenty nine Drew McIntyre and number thirty. The surprise return of Sami Zayn from his injury. Uh, what do you think? You know, before we get to the ending, what do you think of the Rumble up to this point? It, you know, not not bad. You know, I, okay. Honestly, I in my mind, you know, as as they counted down, I was waiting for number thirty, and in my mind, number thirty was going to be The Rock. So when when they when they announced uh, Sami Zayn, to me, very anticlimactic because yeah, you know, the the grade I that I that. gave this show. 
whatever it was, it would have been A++++ if 30 was The Rock. Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. A part of me, after all the teasing they had done, I didn't expect it, but a part of me genuinely thought number 30 was going to be Hulk Hogan after the big, after they had played his video package like four times before the, uh, before the rumble started. Um, but that was, I, I mentioned that as part of my predictions on our, on the show we did last week was if number, if, if the rock had come out in the rumble, he was winning it. Um, of course. Yeah. You and, have yeah. So that. I'm thinking if number 30 is, is Hogan, it's going to be a fun spot. If number 30 is the rock, it's going to be, he's going to win it. But I said, and no offense to Sami Zayn, I like Sami Zayn, but I said if number 30 was anybody but the, but the Rock, then then it was going to be Cody and Punk. And we were right. Here comes Sami Zayn. Yeah. Um, how do you it did remind it Hogan me. if it was Hogan? Like, how, do, <laughs> how do you get him out of there? Like, well, yeah, he can't take a bump. But I think it, it would have reminded me of that Rumble, what, 2008? Um, when 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 Superfly Snuka came out as a surprise entrant, and then the next entrant was Roddy Piper. And... Roddy Piper took his shirt off and stripped that pretty much stripped down to his underwear, his compression shorts before he got in the ring. And it was like those two just kind of threw some some old man punches and then were both gently pushed out of the ring by Kane. Um, and that's what I, th- I assume they would have done something like that. But no, uh, it reminded me of the 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 main of the Royal Rumble that Batista won when his comeback because everybody was was wanting Daniel Bryan. And number 30 was was the returning Rey Mysterio and he got booed. For the first time I ever remember Rey Mysterio getting booed because he wasn't Daniel Bryan. But uh, no, I, I I think you had your moments. I I will say, um, and I talked about it before with with this match that you have to go back to 2002. For me personally, it took 22 years before I remember a Rumble where I could pick eight, ten, twelve people to be to be winners, and I would fully understand storyline wise and accept them winning. Um, you had so, but but when you get down, you got your final, your final four. You got Cody, Punk, Gunther, and McIntyre. So there's four people I could see winning um, easily. Yeah, easily. Them. Now at this point in the match, unfortunately, is when we get to the poor. Uh, Drew McIntyre hits Sam. We talked about it earlier. Hits Sami Zayn with the Future Shock DDT. Sami, or excuse me, Sami Zayn hits CM Punk. CM Punk lands on his elbows and tears his tricep. Uh, as he's since come out and said, that's what happened. Um, he rolls off. Now, I'm, I didn't know how badly he was injured, but I commented watching the match. CM Punk was, he was, he was gassed, gassed. Like you could, he, he almost, his chest almost looked like it was turning purple from how badly he was struggling to breathe. And I, I said, he, I know he's got better cardio than that. I remember telling my friend at the show when we were watching it live, I'm like, something looks off because punk is gassed. And, and it turned out, yeah, he was, he wasn't gassed from cardio. He was gassed from the sheer volume of pain. He had to have been in. I mean, anybody that, like I said, that that's some of the biggest nerve clusters in your upper body tearing a tricep. But, uh, McIntyre goes out, punk eliminates him. Gunther, uh, Cody knocks him out. And then you have the big stare down punk and, and, and Cody, um, and those two have a great back and forth. Uh, Cody, you know, the 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 the, the Cody cutter, the the crossroads, the go to sleep. And then Punk goes for the go to he go, as they say, go to the well one too many times, goes for the go to sleep. Cody catches the foot, uh, throws him out. Of course, I, I thought it was great timing because Punk, when he was picking him up, 
you could hear him mouth the words, I didn't come back just to lose to Dusty's kid. I didn't wait 10 years to lose to Dusty's yeah, kid. Yeah, immediately loses to Dusty's kid, which I thought I, was I, a I great spot. I knew he was going to lose to Dusty's. The minute he said that, I thought, okay, yeah, well, he's going to great, lose. Great spot. Well, the, you could tell when Punk kept pointing at the sign, looking at the sign. Right. You know, you're like, oh, he's he's not winning, which I also think would be a good setup for a possible heel turn if he's going to turn on Cody eventually. But Cody won immediately. He's pointing at Roman. So so what do you think about the end of the Rumble? That part I liked, um, you know, and and he had a point at Roman because right now, I mean, that's the end of the story. But as we saw on Monday night, maybe it's not the end of the story. Yeah. No, it, it certainly felt like that's where you have to go with it. But um, I thought that was a great, great moment where it cut to Roman and Paul Heyman in the booth or in their little private box. And Paul kind of slides the title over like, eh, you know, he wants your belt, Roman. Um, I thought that was great. The crowd popped. This is the first time since St- uh, Steve Austin in 97 and 98 uh, winning back to back, which I think is a great testament. Cody is the biggest star in the company right now. Punk is their biggest attraction by far, but Cody is their biggest star. He's the biggest baby face in wrestling period. I would argue. Um, yes. Right. I, th- I, I, yes, I wanted to see punk win. I thought that's where they were going to go um, with the story with punk and Rollins. But I think Cody, at the end of the day, Cody Bailey were both good choices. Yeah. And I think they both earned it. I have yeah. to say though, uh, and I've been to Trump many, many times for baseball games and it's like going to the public library. Um, it's it's always very very quiet, and the announced crowd I think was what forty eight thousand and forty four. That was the quietest forty eight thousand people I've ever heard. You know, with, with, with a couple of exceptions. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I I made a note about it because I talked about the pop when Cult of Personality played, and, and the crowd seemed pretty excited with Cody winning. But I was going to ask you about that because you're you're a, a Florida man. Um, there were times when it, the it felt almost too quiet. And, and, and I wonder if that's the acoustics of the stadium combined with them turning the sound of the crowd down, because there's no way you pay that kind of money to go see the Royal rumble, just to sit on your hands. Like, I, I mean, I have to tell you that the, I think the largest crowd I've ever went any game I've been to is maybe 22, 23,000. Okay. When the Yankees came to town, but it's still, I mean, it's not very loud. I, I've never heard that place loud. No, maybe. I mean, it's some some crowds just are a little different. Maybe the I love how they kept calling it St. Pete. Maybe the 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 St. Pete crowd was a little uh, a little quiet. But I did make a note about the crowd being quiet. But I I just assumed it was the acoustics of the building because it did. I had a note. Yeah, there was good energy in some points. I had a note that maybe it was like mimes get in free night. And, you know, (laughs) 40. 40,000 with 25,000. Yeah, everybody was just everybody was just signing, you know. Yeah, the, the local mime college. Well, the cra- the crowd yeah. couldn't the crowd couldn't cheer when they're all trapped in boxes. That's right. Yeah. 20, 20 40,000 fans, 25,000 of them from the local mime college. I like it. But um Benny, final thoughts to you, final score of the Rumble. What was your final grade? I again, I'm I'm going to give it a 2.5. Yeah, not not above average. Mike Sanders, three point I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a two point five C plus. Um, so, you know, some good spots. It did what it had to do. Uh, we we uh, you know on, on the Monty and the Pharaoh after show, the, the word serviceable was used many many times, and I think that's appropriate. I, I mean, you could use that to describe it. it. And then Jimmy Farrow said several times that they played it safe. 
It was, you know, they, they did what they needed to do. Now, now, I would have liked to have seen more surprises, though. Uh, you know, that I, I mean, Rock would have made, like I said, Rock would have made it an A+, plus, no doubt. Um, you know, I was happy to see, um, I was happy to see Naomi back. I was happy to see Andre, uh, Andrade back. Uh, I was happy to see Jordan Grace. I, you know, I, I was really happy to see Jake Cargo. I mean, they did have their, their share of surprises, but a lot of it was very predictable. We knew who was going to win. I mean, we, we pretty much were, you know, we're, we're thinking Bailey was going to win. We, we pretty much thinking Cody was going to win. And we thought Roman was going to retain and all of that happened. Yeah, there were definitely no surprises, um, which now I, I'll say I, I, I was a little kinder. I said I gave it a B. Um, I mean, it takes to me, it takes a lot to be an A show. I, I think it was really held down by the world, by the heavyweight title match. I didn't think that I thought that to me, that felt flat. If that had been a yes. better match, I th- I would have definitely looked at a B plus grade. Um, but my, my, I made a note. Um, n- when I said no surprises, I, I, yeah, Jordan Grace, um, Naomi, there were some in there, but I mean like the occasional legend, you know, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Diesel, somebody like that, that usually shows up every once yeah. in a while, you know, I was kind of looking for, especially in the women's match, it's neat to see, you know, when, when Lita or Molly Holly or, or somebody like that, that you hadn't seen in a while, there was, there was absolutely zero nostalgia in either match, which That's I mean, true, I yeah. get you've, you've got a young, good roster. You've probably got the ro- the roster is probably the strongest it's been in years. So I get you don't need the nostalgia, but it's sometimes it's nice to see it. I, I, it's, I think it's, it's kind of heartwarming. You do want to see it, but on the flip side, you don't want to take that spot away from a younger it, it, talent. Exactly. Either, so. And I, I there was nobody, and I even said like JD McDonough was only in the ring for a few seconds, and they did the whole Chelsea Green uh, storyline in the Women's Rumble where she was only in for five seconds last year, and now she was fighting to be in for uh, a longer time. Which I thought the 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 spot they did where she kept getting squished. I thought was was just very well done. That um, was that was enjoyable. And, and I so yeah, I can't think. And I and I made a note of this. I said I, I wish there was more nostalgia, but I cannot think. There were sixty entrants between the two rumbles, and I can't think of a single person I could point to and say that person contributed zero, and that could have been the nostalgia pop. Right. You know, yeah, they all they all did well. Yeah. So so I I gave it a B. I think it's a great show, and and the raw after was phenomenal. A lot of good buildup and promo there. Um, Drew McIntyre kicking Sami Zayn's head in in the, in the main event. You know, there's your biggest heel in the company right now besides Roman. Um, great stuff. Seth and Cody, CM Punk, I recommend to anybody, even if you don't like the current product, it's on YouTube in its entirety. It's 17 minutes. Go watch CM Punk's opening promo, Monday Night Raw. It is probably one of the best promos of the modern era as far as the pure heart and emotion that goes with it. This is, uh, uh, you know, it's it's what it's 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 the Ric Flair retirement. It's the 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 Daniel Bryan announcing he his his concussion, you know, retirement. It's it's one of those emotions where you can't script this. You could tell they basically they gave Punk a microphone and said, "Go for it. You got 20 minutes." I, and I I even think Seth, you know, Seth was pretty realistic too. And yes. He, that I mean, two epic promos in one night. I mean, and if this is going to be the direction they head in, it's got my attention. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think it's important to note that you know that's always been one of the complaints of the modern product is you, Raw is three hours long, and it might only have you know thirty minutes of wrestling in three hours. That segment between Cody and and Rollins 
and punk. I mean, that was that was the better part of and with commercial breaks. That was the better part of an hour of show. Right. And I I didn't zero percent of me is mad that they wasn't wrestling during those moments. No. I I'm not gonna I don't I don't care about oh there was no wrestling for the first half hour if the first half hour is phenomenal promo work. You know what 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 I don't what we don't stories. like is when they is when they have terrible promos and backstage stupid stuff. And then there's no wrestling and it's garbage. But when you're replacing wrestling with good talking, you can build a story. And Benny, yeah. I mean, come on, you're a territory man. You know, watching, you know, Bruno, Jimmy Valiant, any of these guys cutting a, you know, standing at ringside with the with the announcer. You know, there's David Crockett holding the microphone. My thoughts from Ric Flair, whoever. You know, that was what wrestling was was the heartfelt promos and the matches came second. So the uh, it's promos, nice. To, is the promos are what sold the tickets to the arena. Exactly. And it's nice to see that again, because now think about this. Assuming now I've already heard some conspiracies that it might be a bit of a work or maybe he's not as hurt easily as he's letting on. But, you know, assuming that that everything Punk says legitimate, torn injured, torn tricep, I'll be out three to four months. He's going to miss mania or maybe three to six months. He's going to miss mania. He's going to miss the, the elimination chamber. But when I come back, the very first person I'm going after is Drew McIntyre. Then I'm going to go win a title in Main Event Mania. When CM Punk comes back from this injury, that's going to be you, – you're, you're selling out whatever arena he's coming to. You sold that out last night. The right. second they announce in oh, three, yeah. four, three to six months, you know, let's say in June uh, or, or you know, May, June, the second they say CM Punk returns to Monday Night Raw in – wherever los angeles chicago wherever we are that arena is sold out after after the promo last night agree agree and it's it's great stuff so uh you know we got a lot of good stuff coming up benny it's uh, our last show in january and it's hard to believe it's, you know january is over already 2024 uh but we we keep chugging along dan and benny anywhere podcasts can be listened to obviously we uh we thank our our youtube friends monty and the pharaoh where where our videos upload benny you and i'll be back on the 30 on thursday I'll be I'll be coming back for my title after you uh, you cheated me out of it last week. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not saying I don't want to be critical. You know, I'm just saying that that their their points are, are distributed about as fairly as Angel Hernandez strikes. So it's well, pretty rough. You know, let's be honest. I won solely on the basis of, of having a, a jar of Vaseline and a and a, and a poem. No, it, I, I, Benny, otherwise, was, you're the, otherwise you're the champ. I got it was it, i'm coming for you you know like i said like i said last time you uh when you turned my mic off i said Janetti going through that go through that window's got nothing on you you betraying me on that one i i, I gotta i mean i gotta up my game if, Bru you know. Bru bruno and sabisco uh, need to take some notes about about how what a real heel turn looks like uh, yeah really absolutely <laughs> but uh great show tonight benny thanks and, and it's like i said anywhere podcast was too so uh for the play himself benny scala i'm dan spash have a good night everyone and we will see you next time in the ring <laughs>